0: I hope everybody's up to par the ones that missed the previous things. The ones that missed the previous sessions, that you guys listen to it online. Otherwise, yeah, you're not going to uh, know some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about if you didn't listen to the previous ones. So you've got to be diligent and listen to the previous teachings to follow through what's going on. Um, we spoke about important stuff last week about how the body... Moved back then in the desert, and now the body must move today. Each one had their role to play in the body. We spoke about that last They had to carry heavy stuff. They didn't moan when they had to do the hard work. Remember we spoke about that? Um, the stuff they had to pack up every time for 40 years. They, they diligently did it. When they moaned, there were consequences. I mean, back then, the consequences were quite hard if they moaned. When God stepped in with Moses and did bad things for those that moaned and groaned, and fought with God, luckily we've got grace today. Uh, because actually God should step in also today and do what He did back then. I think then we would get in line. But it was a picture and an image of the body moving. Not moaning and groaning the whole time like we do today when we don't get our way. You have to be diligent in what you do. We spoke about how people leave the system, how they leave the system, why did they leave the system? The way they left the system, can you remember? I said when people leave at the back, out the back door of the body or the church, or they leave out the side door. There's always two reasons for that. <coughs> can you remember what's the number one reason? It's when they feel like they are not functioning where they want to. I mean, it's about me, myself, and I. And the second one was when they are still in sin. Then they would leave because you don't want to they're getting confronted with their sin. But the main reason why people leave a church or a group is they feel it's not about me now. They don't want to see me, so me, I, is not happy, so I will leave out the side door silently or out the back door maliciously. I repeat this because this is something you must know. I hope you got what I just said. This is something that's going to be in your life the whole time when you work with people that you should know how this person left and why are people leaving a church. I said when you get somebody that jumps from church to church or group to group, go check, they will keep on doing that because it's about me, myself and I. The people are not accepting me or the people are not giving me what I want and then they will get fed up because they're not doing it and they will leave either silently or maliciously. But we're supposed to leave out the front door with a blessing in the body. That's how you leave. So those are important things to know if you're a believer and you want to work one day with people in the body um, to recognize what you work with when you speak to people. All right, so we're going to continue today. Um, we went through the whole process of packing and unpacking last week and the way they moved. So now we're going to start going into the tabernacle with the with how it was all placed. All right, we're going to start doing this. So there's going to be a couple of deep things here. Um, I've tried to put them on the board so that when we put it on the on the channel that you can see it. Uh, because it's 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 revelation stuff that you need to know. Alright, it's not that deep, but it, you must you must understand this. You must catch this when I say it. Otherwise it's gonna go over your head when I if I mention it and you don't understand, you're not gonna understand the implication of that that thing that's in the in the tabernacle. Alright, so we're gonna start and we're gonna read Exodus 38 verse nineteen twenty. Of course, everything in here we're going to talk about all right so and he made a court on the south side southward the hangings of the court were of fine twined linen and 100 cubits the pillars were 20 and their brazen and sockets 20 the hooks of the pillar and their fillets were of silver and for the north side the hangings were of 100 cubits The pillars were 20 and the sockets of brass 20 and the hooks on the pillars of and their fillets and silver. And for the wayside where hangings are 50 cubits, their pillars 10, and their sockets 10, the hooks of the pillars, and their fillets of silver. Do you see how many measurements are there of what the things are? I'm going through it quickly because you're not going to remember it when I read it like this. We're going to discuss this now. I just want you to see how this is written. I can guarantee you there's some of you sitting here that's never read this before because it's quite boring to read all those measurements and stuff. But I want to show you how important this is. And for the east side, eastwards, 50 cubits. The hangings of one side of the gate were 15 cubits, they're pillar three and they're socket three. And for the other side of the court gate, and this hand and that hand were hangings of 15 cubits, they're pillar three and they're socket three. That's why it's so nice when I showed you that video, we will show it again. Then you will look at it again, and you will start seeing all these pillars and sockets and stuff that's in the images, why it's there. All the hangings of the court roundabout were of fine twined linen. And the sockets of the pillars were of brass, see how was preci- precisely the, what is made with what in these things. The hooks of the pillars and the fillets of silver, and the overlaying of the co- uh, chapters in the silver and all of the pillars in the court were filled with silver. And the hanging of the gate of the court was needlework of blue and purple and scarlet of fine twined linen, and twenty cubits was the length of the height of the breadth of the five cubits. Answerable to the hangs of the court. And the pillars were four, and the sockets of brass four, the hooks of silver, and the overlaying of the chapters of the fillets of silver. And all the pins of the tabernacle and the court roundabout were of brass. That's a mouthful of stuff. If right, so you have to go sit down and write each of these, now. It, it will take you a while. But luckily Moses had the... Had the whole understanding of wisdom with the Holy Spirit and the guy that got it so that they didn't look as bad for them as it did for us when they had to make this. All right, so let's start. The circumference of the tabernacle was 300 cubits, 450 feet or 137 meters. All right, that's how big the tabernacle was. 300 cubits. Mm, You should already pick up why is it 300 cubits in in the Bible language beyond the third day. Three, thirty, three hundred. How many men did Gideon have to fight war with when they ran and killed themselves? Three hundred. It's the day of the Lord. This tabernacle is also speaking of the day of the Lord. It was 100 cubits, 150 feet, 4, 46 meters long, by 50 cubits, 75 feet, 23 meters wide. Alright, those are the measurements. I'm not going to go into detail about that, that, that specific measurements now. I said to you, the court is sacred. It's holy ground where man begins his journey to God. So if you look in your file, you know the picture where it shows where Jesus' feet is. That's the entrance to the tabernacle. That's the entrance of your spiritual walking. You need to get to the holies of holies. But you need to go through the gate, through the, where the brazen altar is. It's an image of your journey as a believer from baby to, to sonship, all right? But I said it, it's sacred, it's holy. That's why I said I don't like when people make fun of certain things, like too much fun of healings and stuff. It's fine when you're a baby, but when you get more mature, you realize things are holy, it's sacred. But it's a beginning of man's journey towards God, that, the whole image. In Leviticus six sixteen. 16, and the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat with unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation they shall eat it. It says there, and the remainder thereof Aaron and his sons eat with unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place. This was seen as holy, this whole tabernacle. It was a holy place. Alright? So think about it. If this tabernacle was seen as a holy place, Aren't you a picture and image of this tabernacle in a sense? As Jesus was a picture and image of the tabernacle? So how should you be? Holy. holy. How do you get holy? By stop sinning? No. By stop doing things? No. How do you get holy? Allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse you of those things. Not you doing it. If you do it, you're going to sin again. That's the Holy Spirit's Spirit's work, and He would love doing that for you. But if you, out of your willpower do it, you'll most probably fall back and sin again. It's a relational thing, Him helping you. When Jesus walked in the desert, everywhere we see it, whether it was with the Israelites or when it was Jesus in these 40 days, the Holy Spirit was the one that helped Him. The Holy Spirit, the fire in the the cloud, was the one that guided them through the desert. He's the one guiding you today, the Holy Spirit. Not Vanner, not anybody else, him uh, I said something to note: the outer court you all know now where the outer court is, the first place where you enter into the in the tabernacle, the outer court is also an image and a type of the law, the law, all right? so in saying that. You can think of it this way, to be without a camp is to be unsaved. Do you understand what I'm saying? To be without a camp, like back then, the tabernacle was the place of God and where everything happened in today's terms. Um, if they were without a camp back then, it's like somebody being unsaved. They haven't started their journey yet through all the rooms and being baptized and being filled with the Spirit. Do you understand that? right, so an unsafe person hasn't entered the tabernacle yet of Moses. They haven't stepped into the gate, which is Jesus. All right? Um, I said the gate is the only entrance of the outer court. There's only one way to step into this tabernacle, it's through the gate. Years ago, I asked the Lord, why do people, believers, have demons in them? Because we should not have. But we have. A lot of believers that still in the beginning stages of the journey have uh, demons in it. And I asked the Lord, explain it to me in in Vanner style. I like to see pictures and stuff because it makes it easier for me to understand. And He actually showed me back then, years ago, before I knew any of this stuff, the Tabernacle of Moses. And He showed me a snake on the sand. And He said, look at what this snake can do. The snake can enter through the front door. He says, the snake can enter, enter... underneath the linen of the outer, of the outer, the whole outer building of the tabernacle. He says the snake can even go into the second room because it's open in the front. He said, but the snake come on into the holies of Holies. There you will die. So, think about it. When he said that, I understood it. Christians in the first room, babies, reformed, they will have demons. Because a snake can enter there. Charismatic, your, your Pentecostal charismatic churches, the people in there will have demons in them. Why? Because it's still open for the snake. He can come in there. But the Holy of Holies where the veil is, he can't go in there. So we will one also be totally free of any, anything with the enemy when the day of the Lord comes in the Holy of Holies, his love room, alright? Just something to make it understandable. And when he gave me that image, I I remembered it up to today. I don't have to write it down. I remember it. How, what it's a function of it is. All right. Um, The gate was on the east side. The gate is Jesus. All right. You should know that. The gate is how you enter. The Bible speaks about that. All right. It's Jesus. I said here the word court, because that's the outer court, means a city enclosed by a wall gonna repeat this. The word court, outer court means a city enclosed by a wall or a yard enclosed by a fence, it's the same thing. This one was enclosed with fine linen. And the linen were hung on silver hooks. We read it down here, all right? So what is this spiritually when you look at this? This this court, this city or mountain whatever you want to call it with this fence around it you can say it's a wall of God's presence around his people the ones that enter the ones that are following him when they enter into this it's a it's God's presence around his people he's enclosing that place remember because if you're outside of that you're actually not saved you haven't started your spiritual journey yet but when you step into the gate you step into that presence all right of the tabernacle i said yes also can be seen as a thing to keep the sinners out sinners were not allowed in there all right sin were killed in there all right the linen were 100 by 50 by five cubits 100 by 50 by five cubit um and that's a picture of the of jesus perfect hanging on the cross that measurements is an image and a type of jesus perfect Uh, this perfect uh, cross, hanging on the cross. It reflects that. And I said, those that are crucified, the Bible said, we are crucified with Christ. You that are crucified with Christ, you are also part of the hangings. Right? We're going to explain this now more. You're also part of the hangings inside. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I live, live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen, I love this. And the life which I live, n- now live in the flesh. So when you live in the flesh, like we all do, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It doesn't say I live by the faith of Werner, or Malan, or Victor. You see that, guys? Your fleshly stuff. How must it be? The faith of the Son of God. Not what you want in Him. But you are crucified. You are that hangings that keeps everything enclosed there. You're part of that. You know that thing also. Right? We become that because it's going through the journey there. I said the linen represents the righteousness of God. The linen. It represents the righteousness of God and His people. They that stand by faith, because these pillars and stuff where the is hang on is upright. They stand by faith. I'm not going to ask you these things in the exam, all right? This is not going to save people. This is for you to see the beauty of Jesus, how everything is hidden so you can fall in love with him. This is not going to be stuff that I will ask. Um, the silver hooks, it's a picture of the believers who uphold God's standard. Think of what I just said. The silver hooks that's keeping everything upright, that the the linen is hanging on, those hooks, is a picture of believers who uphold God's standard, not yours, God's standard. Out in the workplace, in the church, everywhere you go, God is the center of why you do what you do, not you. All right? God's righteousness on the earth will prevail and we are the ones that's walking in that. I said here the silver hooks were joined, um, the silver hooks were joined to silver caps and the top of this the pillars were of brass. There were 60 of them. All right, we read it earlier. you already forgot about it but you don't have to know that but i just want you to see there were 60 specific number 60. i'm going to say it again the silver caps were on the head of the pillars and there were 60 of these what does that represent hi Mm, yes you can see it that way also i said first of all it also shows it's a crown But the 60 pillars of the, of the brass reveal, let me give it here this way. I've got it here. The 60 pillars of the brass, you're going to get this on the, on, the, uh, on, the, on the group so that you can go through it. The first one, 60. If we look at the genealogy of Christ, we learn about some 60 righteous men of Joseph, on Joseph's side of the family, from Adam to Christ. Righteous men in your Bible. Brass, brass speaks of judgment. We spoke about that last week, with Jesus' feet, he said, the and bra- brazen, brazen lever, we spoke about that in the, in the altar. Speaks of judgment, it also can point to strength, durability or stability, and also the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you look at that, I said the point is, sin must be judged. Because remember, we said it speaks about judgment sin was animals were slaughtered there the lambs were slaughtered there so your sin must be judged the pillars speaks about stability uprightness solidarity remember i said you're supposed to be that pillar keeping everything upright standing in god's righteousness and holy picture of the church you and me especially the overcomers the ones that will overcome the bible speak of the overcomers those that overcome they that stand in faith, those are the overcomers, alright? Those are the bride. Why do we have Bible school? To prepare you for brideship, sonship, that's what the Bible school is about if you don't know. You're ready, a disciple, now you need to fall in love with the bridegroom. Talking about the overcomers, stand on all sides of the house and can take the four wings. These overcomers are the ones that must stand upright. They are those pillars. So they must be able to stand in a storm. Trust me, the desert had storms. They couldn't put that up and allow a wind to blow everything away. These things stood in the storms and they didn't blow over. Today, if we build a tent, the wind takes it away. So there's there's something in that, why it was built that way. So let's look at this. I said the overcomers stand on all sides, the four sides of the tabernacle, the house can take the four winds. The workings of the Holy Spirit. wind is also the Holy Spirit. You should know that. All right? I said, a north wind, it's a wind of conviction. It's in Psalms 4, verse 16. You can read about it, why it's called that. If you don't want to write it down now, you're going to get it on the, on the slide. The south wind, comfort, in songs. The east wind, the wind of the wilderness. Job, you can read about it. And then the west wind, showers of blessing. Those are the type of winds, spiritually, that we go through. You don't like that wilderness wind that comes sometimes. It dries things out a bit. (laughs) Uh, It's not very comfortable when those winds come. But these are a type and a picture. You guys, look as if you don't understand what I'm saying. Do you understand? The pillars of the tabernacle are you, the overcomers. You need to be able to stand like those pillars back then that literally in the wings and bring protection. That's your job and your thing that you're walking today. Alright, you understand that? Like if and Alright, so, I said here a side note. There were two big pillars at Solomon's temple. Remember when Moses' temple was gone? Then they built Solomon's temple. It had two big pillars in the front of the temple. The names were, I don't know how to pronounce this. Do you know how to pronounce it? Yachin, Yachin, Yachin. It means, he shall establish. Remember there were two pillars. Look at how specific it is. And then the second one was, Boaz. It means, in him is strength. To enter that temple, you entered through that. It's established. His strength is established. See how precise the Bible is, if we see these things. It's beautiful. Revelations 1.15 We read this last week, I think. And his feet like unto fine brass. Yeah, remember when I read Revelation 1? His feet was like unto fine brass, as they burned in the furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. The brass sockets, we read about the brass sockets, can represent Christ's feet, all right? He stands to judge the sin, because it's in the room where the sin gets judged, where the little lambs were, were slaughtered. I said, yeah, how relevant is that for us today? If you understand, this place where the brazen is, that's got to do with judgment. We said, is Christ's feet. It stands to judge sin. How does that become relevant for us today? I said, there is a feet company of the body of Christ who will minister his judgment today and when he comes back. I'm going to repeat this, this is something we are walking in. somebody asks you, why do you want to be a son of God? No to do miracles. No, please no, don't ever answer that. It's to be this feet company of the body of Christ. Some of you will be there at the feet place because that's your function in the body inside the feet. Not the toe, the cells or whatever inside, like, was it Matthias that also spoke about that? Um, the feet company of the body of Christ, and they will do what? They will minister His judgment on the earth, those people in the body of Christ. All right? That's why it's with the brass. I said the pillars were united by silver connections called fillets. We read that also earlier. Fillets, it's not a chicken. The first thing that went through my mind when I read that. <laughs> fillet. Filets, yeah. Chelsea calls it, we had a, a little bit of a, a a head a head bumping when we, I said fillets, she says fillets, I said oh, what the hell is not fillet? She says fillet, and we, I'm thinking she's talking about something, she thinks I'm talking about something. They call it fillet. We call it fillets. <laughs> right, so the fillets, Chelsea, but the fillets <laughs> means to cling. Fillets mean to cling, to love, or to delight, delight. all right? That's the meaning. To cling, to love, delight. What is this? I'm going to read again. What is this? Do you remember what I just said? I said the pillars were united by silver connections. So this pillars, the overcomers, the one stopping the wind, you, one day it should be, or now even can be, are connected. We are connected one to another with this fillets. Alright? And this thing that connects us, what must connect us? Wow. It clings us. Love. It must be delight. When will those things not be there? When it's about you or your sin. Then these things will fall away and you will not be connected to the body anymore. See how beautiful it is, these things in the... Man, these things, it, no man can think these things are. It's not possible, our brains are not possible to, to think in that way. And if we think in today's times, we will think, oh, how did they think of this 6,000 or 5,000 years ago? I mean, but yeah, God was in it, that's why. Um, again, silver speaks of redemption through Jesus' blood. We, we gave that last week. Silver speaks of redemption through the blood of Jesus. And it speaks of Christians. Clinging to one another and love one another. That's what this is a type and a picture and a shadow and an image of. Man, it's beautiful. Um, all the members of his church, the pillars. Remember, we are the church. I said the pillars of the church, you. So all the members of his church, which is in that state, place, the pillars. And the overcomers of the age are united through his blood. Because that's where the offers were made through his blood. We are connected in blood covenant through Jesus' atonement. That's how we are connected. How? Let's go through it. These silver fillets are like the scarlet thread that saved rehab and the household. Red, the red thing, we're talking about the blood here. We are saved and part of the body because of the blood. That was the image and type of there. You can see here, the sixty righteous men is Jesus' genealogy, were connected by their faith in the blood in Jesus. We are the display um, we are to display the righteousness of God, the linen, which speaks about that, to his fellow man, just as the board of the tabernacle building displays their beauty, which was gold to the Lord. we spoke about the gold last week. So this I know this is confusing, but you must read it very slowly, then you will see what I'm saying there. What the pillars are doing, why is the gold getting displayed? Why is the gold being displayed? What is the gold a type of? Mm. Jesus, holiness. That's, you see, we are not displayed. He's displayed, it's about him. Again, all right. The linen fence was five cubits, seven and a half feet, 2.3 meters high, the linen fence. The fence was too high, to see over, and too low to see under. Right, so nobody could peek in. That's why you must get the body, the people, the fish saved. Because they can't peek in, they can't see what, but you must walk in such a way that they would want to come in to see why you walk that way, because you can't see it from the outside, they will not understand it. Did you get that? But if I look at you and I can see over and underneath all your stuff, I'm not going to be interested to come into the tabernacle, into where you are on this journey to the three rooms. That was deeper than I actually thought when I said it first. time. I hope you got it. So someone on the outside of the court cannot see the things of the Lord. They need to step in through the gate, Jesus. And that's where you meet them and help them on their journey. The only way is through the front door. Uh, the total circumference of the linen fence was 300 cubits and the gate unto the outer court was 20 cubits wide. I'm going to talk now about some of these measurements. The silver rods were made from the, uh, from the atonement money. It's just a side note of fact. that the, the, the silver rods, they were, came from the atonement money that they had. Rods, the church is joined by his atoning redemption. That's the spiritual meaning of it. Did you get that? The silver rods were made from atonement money. So, bring it back to today. The rods, the church is joined. These rods were joined joined by his atoning redemption. Alright, that's how we get there. The hooks that kept the curtains from falling to the ground, the hooks that we read about in the beginning, um, that was their function. They kept the curtains from falling to the ground. So I said, yeah, I know this stuff is, for some of you guys are struggling with this stuff, but go over it and over it until you understand what I'm saying. I said, the hooks, they these kept the curtains from falling to the ground. I said, so right living, hangs on his atoning redemption. Read it and think about what I'm saying. So I have a right way of living to hang that way, that linen were hanging perfectly upright, remember? It comes from the atoning redemption that he gives, not you. Then you can stand like that and hang like that. All right? The caps we read about. I said it's a crown, do you Remember? I said here, believers shall be crowned because of his atoning redemption. The Africans, people, were, 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 were atoning? what is it? For Sunan. For for His atoning redemption. Say for Sunan and say for Lawson. All right, the caps. Believers shall be crowned because of his atoning redemption. All right. The 60 pillars were sacred. Uh, oh, sorry, the 60 pillars were secured by 120 brass pins with cords. The 60 pillars, this, remember the 60 righteous people which we also spoke about, they were secured by 120 brass pins with cords. 120, where do we read about this number in the Bible? Upper room, Upper room yeah. It says something, it speaks about something. The tabernacle and the court were thus securely fastened, to the desert floor. So all these things, all the stuff we just read, the fillets, the pillars, the linen, the cords, the caps, all played a role to fasten the pillars. So they all were there playing a role to fasten this thing. So when the winds come, they don't move. So when you stand today and a problem comes, you don't get blown away by the north wind or the west wind that comes, because they will come. Uh, no storm could sweep this thing away. It was solidly fixed to the, to the desert sand. Um, these 10 stakes, the pins reveal what? what? We just read these pegs, pins that's securely into the ground. What does it say? Jesus Christ, the nail, he was nailed to the cross to become the nail in a sure place for the church, the pillars. The nail was planted in the earth, which support us on all things, because these were in the earth. It's Jesus there to support, that was for support, to keep the pillars upright. Who keeps you upright as a Christian and a believer? Jesus, the Holy Spirit. All right. Um, The church, the nail, the 120 reveals the end of flesh and the new life in the Spirit. Acts 2. What stopped there? The end of flesh. The Spirit began to move on the earth in man in the upper room when the hundred and twenty is there. And it was the, that's why it says there, the end of flesh and the new life in the spirit. That's what happened in Acts 2 with hundred and twenty being in the upper room. The cords um, was for support and strength. It speaks of unity and the cords of love that we, got, we spoke about earlier. Alright, let's go here. This, I'm going to go through this like a summary of the outer court. The outer court was the only part of the tabernacle. Remember? The outer court, Now where we are. We haven't gone to the other rooms yet. We're still only busy with the outer court. The outer court was the only part of the tabernacle to which people had access. The outer court was the only part of the tabernacle to which the people had access. People could enter there. Could people go into the holies of holies? No, not even close. All right. I said here the greater number of actions of worship took place in the outer court. Because there were more people there, there were more stuff that they were doing there, so a lot of things took place in the Outer Court, even spiritually today. The Outer Court, the Babies, the Reformed Church. And so a lot of them there over the years, they were the biggest group in the beginning. A lot of things took place there. Um, I said, yeah, although it may be the lowest stage of spiritual communion, because that's where you begin your journey as a believer, yet it stands for whatever was the most fundamental and important. What do I mean by that? I'm going to read it again. Although it may be the lowest stage of spiritual communion, so it's where you enter the first room, it's the lowest one. There's not a lot of things happening there as in the second room with the Holy Spirit and all that. Yet it stands for whatever was the most fundamental and important. Why? What, was so, what is so fundamentally important about the first room? Salvation. You step in with Jesus. It's the most important room, actually. Uh, without that room, you cannot start your journey as a believer. We sometimes look down on people in that room, but they, they made the first step. They entered the tabernacle. Now yeah, they're not functioning through the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, maybe, yet, but they entered all right, um, I said here yeah, the brazen altar was the very center of the sacrificial system back then. Jesus was the center of me and you dying on the cross. The lamb, because the lambs were slaughtered there and it was the center of that place. And Jesus is the center of our sacrifice for us, the lamb. It's the same picture and image in there. I said, to you, what is the ages that is revealed in the structure of the tabernacle? What is the ages that is revealed in the structure of the tabernacle? The ages. First one, the outer court. It can represent the law. I said it earlier, the bronze, the law, the law age. The linen fence of the court was 300 cubits by five cubits. by 1500 square cubits. All right, this law thing. 1,500 cubas. Get this. From Moses to Jesus, 1,500 years. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Second one, the holy place. It can represent the church age. It's when the church exploded with all this stuff and the church age. Us as the church, it's a measurement of 20 by 10 by 10 cubits high, 2,000. What room is the holy place? The second room, the hope room, eh? And all that stuff. It is 2,000 years from Jesus until present time. Second room, there's only one room, the day of the Lord. Same thing here. From Jesus till now, 2,000 years. All right? The the most holy place. It can represent the full manifestation of the kingdom age. Jesus Christ manifested on the earth. His kingdom coming to the earth and won't be moved. That mountain will not move. That kingdom will not move. A mature glorious church, the bride, that should be you and me. We are the church and the bride and the body and the overcomers and all those wording. It measured 10 by 10 by 10, a thousand. Now this one, we're not going to go deep into this. I said that people don't agree whether this is a literal or a spiritual number. A thousand. You all know it, that has been in churches. It's a thousand uh, year rulership and reign of peace spoken about revelations. So you all say, um, and a lot of people preach that, you know, we're going to, the, the devil is going to come, and then after, the, Jesus is going to win the devil, and then there's going to be a thousand years of peace before there's another fight. Yeah? I don't believe that. I'm not saying I'm right. Please hear me. I'm giving you my interpretation. I don't see that as a literal number. Because why would all the others then be literal? Not literal, and this one must be literal. A thousand speaks of something beautiful. All right? so, um, and again, what did Paul say? A thousand years is... One day. one day. And one day is a thousand years. All right. I see that as a spiritual number, not a literal number, because all the others were spiritual. Why would that one be literal? But for some reason, the church are, man, they are, even some um, kingdom believers are also, yeah, we're going to have a thousand year of rulership when it's going to be all peace and then we're going to have war again. So some people have said, okay, we won't have war when Jesus comes, but then we're going to have peace. But then we will have war. The Pentecostal churches say, now we're going to have war. Then we're going to have peace, and then we're going to have war again. Yeah? That's all the doctrines that's out there. Uh, I don't see war. I see the manifestation of Jesus Christ. No war will, stand, war will be standing in there. He's already beaten the enemy. He's not going to come to fight. He's coming to rule. That what he's already slain 2,000 years ago. We don't see it yet, but we're walking it out as it's happening. All right? Because remember, when He comes, He chooses a time. It's going to yeah. be like the upper room. Yeah. And with all in one accord, He's going to change when He comes. Christ. And then only later, Jesus will come in the natural, the person yeah. will, will come. right? But first, His Spirit going to manifest on this earth to bring forth His Son to walk this earth and get this earth to get saved. Those that He can save. He gave the earth... The people 2,000 years ago, uh, what do you call it? He, he gave them a rope to save them, and that rope was called Jesus. He's going to come again and give Jesus again to the world now, like he did back then, to save them again. And we think, oh, everybody was going to get saved. We're like, How can they not be saved when, he, when this is going to happen? Because of all the things that's going to happen, that the people get saved 2,000 years ago, no, it's going to be the same. They're not going to believe you. They don't believe him. It's not going to be always easy. And the same thing is going to happen again. Nothing new on this earth. All right. The city of God in Revelation 21 is a four square or a cube. I'm not going to talk about this now. But just so you know, in Revelation 21, go read it. Don't just see Vanna wrote the Revelations 21. When you do your Bible study, don't go read Revelations 21. He speaks about the city of God, the city on the hill, the New Jerusalem. It's built how? In a cube. The same cube. It's in the Holy of Holies with, a, with the altar. The same cube, Moses, ah, um, Noah's little boat that we want to think. The cube is everywhere. Alright, and we um, think it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a literal city coming down in the clouds, speaking spiritual language here. Yeah. Alright, that's why we love all these sci-fi movies, uh, it's weird and stuff, because we like weird things, that's why we even made the Bible weird in these things, these cities are going to float in the clouds, and where, where do you think Hollywood got the idea of cities floating in clouds, because we take everything literally, and it's spirit speaking there um i said here the altar of burnt offerings and the brazen labor stood in a straight line between the gates of the outer court and the holy place they were in a straight line all those furniture all right on your sketch you will see it they were visible to all the tribes and it was for public use because they were not in the holies of holies remember the people could stand in the outer court the vessels in the holy place were only seen by the high priest. That's why Jesus calls us priests. Because we may enter if we're there. All right. The altar in the labor, the labor remembers where the baptism water was in, the water where they washed their hands, for those that can't remember, was made with wood and brass. So there they were wood in there, brass in there. Whereas the candlestick and the table of shewbread, and the altar of incense were made with wood and gold. That something that happened. Purity. There's a purity happening in you. When you go from the first room into the second room on your journey with Jesus, you're getting purified, cleansed. That's why I cannot understand when people want to work with the Holy Spirit and they still stay this, their sin because you're supposed to be cleansed by the Spirit. That gold is Jesus also cleansing you becoming visible in you remember 60 that's a 60% room the first one is the 30% room and this one is the 60 so if it's a 60 room that means 40% of Jesus must be visible in that room The percent is still you you're still controlling that body that you have not Jesus yet but the third room 100% him in you uh, I said, you can also look at it as follows. The vessel outside are typical of Christ as he was when he walked the earth. The visible realm. I'm going to repeat it. The vessels outside are typical of Christ as he was when he walked the earth. The little time, three and a half years when Jesus was in his ministry, it's the visible realm. it's visible. was visible for people to see the altar, the labor; They could see the stuff, right? The vessels inside are typical. Remember, those were the vessels outside. The vessels inside are typical of Christ, risen and glorified in the heavenlies and his priestly work for the saints. The others were visible for everybody outside. These are in the heavenlies, spiritual. The other furniture was only the high priest that could see that. Yeah. The overall spiritual principle of the outer court brazen altar i'm going to talk about that the overall spiritual principle of the outer court let's start with the brazen altar it is the realm of the new birth you get saved when you get saved he says it's a new birth your bible Yeah, you all heard that in discipleship new birth the outer court it's the realm of salvation we spoke about that earlier the first room the outer court it's where salvation takes place, where the lambs were slaughtered. It is the realm of the feast of Passover. It's on your sketch that you got in your file. Um, it's the realm of the threefold. It's the realm of babies, little children, spiritually. Alright? Then the last thing I want to say tonight is this one. Also, in present truth, we can look at the brazen altar as follows. The brazen altar in the, in the room. Brazen altar is blood, justification by faith. Why are we saying that? Think for a second. The brazen altar, where the lambs were slaughtered, what does it represent? The blood, why? Because that's where all the blood flowed, of the lambs. And it says justification by faith happens there for us today. What happened in the year 15, I can't think. 1517, Martin Luther, what did he realize when he walked out of the Roman, Roman Catholic Church? Justification by faith. Justification by faith. The first room was born again on the earth a couple of hundred years ago. God reinstated that truth, Martin Luther got it through the spirit and he nailed it to the, to the door and then he added a lot of other religious stuff also. But that's the only thing God spoke to him about. And that's how the reformed church were born. Because of that. But they understood one thing. Okay, I'm going to say something radical. People are going to stone me for this. Today, if I look at the church systems, hear what I'm saying? The first room is the justification by faith room. That is the reformed church ingekerke. and in all for talkings if i look today at the church systems the reform system and the Pentecostal system i see more people in the reform uh, in the yeah in the reform group the first room standing yeah. in justification by faith than in the second room in the Pentecostals do you understand what i'm saying they get saved yeah they don't work with the spiritual stuff yet all that But they honor God, they respect Him, they don't play with Him like the others do. They take their justification by faith seriously. They don't play with it. Unfortunately, in a lot, not all, please, I'm not saying all the churches on both sides, but unfortunately today in the Pentecostal movement, a lot of times it became a uh, who cares, uh, a funny uh, there's no fear of the Lord anymore in the in the charismatic movement in a lot of churches. It's gone. But you will still find fear of the law in the reformed churches. They still fear the Lord because they got that still, the justification by faith. It's, and that's why it's so beautiful when you get a reformed person saved. They already fear him. And when they get the Holy Spirit, they, they are more tend to cherish it than somebody that just goes through this through the ranks quickly. They don't, they don't understand it. The second one, the brazen lever, lever, is water, water baptism, and washing of the word, sanctification. Right? I said it's today's present truth, of those two furniture pieces in the outer court. It speaks. The lever speaks about water baptism, washing of the word, and sanctification. If you look in the sketch, we will go over that later, it had water in it, the, where the priest, after he, he had to sacrifice a lamb, had to go and wash his hands because it would be full of blood. Where else will the blood land? If you he, if you're busy cutting a sheep most of you haven't seen how that looks yet. In the cutter sheep. A sheep's uh, throat. There's a lot of blood. And it, it squirts out quite hectically. That's why you won't have that's why the Lord said in the Old Testament, there must be blood in the meat. That's because you must cut it there, then there won't be blood in the meat. It doesn't mean when the meat is red there's blood in it, like most people think. That's the color and stuff of meat. You have to cut the throat to bleed it out. There's no blood in the, fl- in the meat. If you don't cut the throat of an animal, there's blood in the meat and you mustn't eat it like that, the Bible says. I know it's funny. People today I think if the meat is a bit rare, it's blood. It's not blood that, please. It's actually not blood that you're eating. It's called, um, who knows? I can't think of the word. That redness that comes out of the meat is not blood. I can't think of the word now. But anyway, that's why when they cut the the, the little lamb's throat, it bleeds out. So the blood will also fall on his feet because it's squirting everywhere. It does. Trust me, it does. Um, So he could wash his feet also at that labor where the water was. And that's a picture of us today where we go for baptism. And we get baptized to wash away the sin, the blood that covered the sin of the Lamb, of our Lamb, Jesus Christ, gets washed off us. And once you get baptized and you're washed, you can get washed by the Word, the Bible says. And when you wash yourself through the Word, sanctification can happen and everything can happen in you. You need to read your Bible to fall even more in love with the author of that book. So that He can start working in you. He will sanctify you. just Justification, everything will happen to you. But that room, the first room, is for sanctification. Alright. I'm not going to go further tonight. I want you to understand now. We gave a lot of measurements. We spoke about the pillars. Let's focus on the pillars more than the linen and the stuff. You are the pillars. You are the enclosement where everything of God is inside because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Those pillars, everything of God was inside, everything was Jesus. They could stand in the storms. How are you standing in your storms? Are you standing upright? The wind can blow. Are you upright so that nobody can look over and look in? Because they might not see it through you or your stuff that is, they must come through the gate. They must see that you are walking in a holy life, are upright standing, Crowned, with the caps, linked to one another in love, in the body. That's why, um, I've got to watch what I say, otherwise you're going to take it the wrong way. That's why in the body, we cannot allow people to be in the body that's not linking in love with one another, us in the body. If the body is not linked with love, then that person mustn't be in the body because he's not part of the body. We must love one another. And that's why it shows it in that sketch. That's how we, we are linked one another by love. And there needs to be love for your brother and sisters sitting next to you. I'm not talking about love like for your husband or your wife. It's a different type of love, but there's love. You will help them. If they want help, you will help them. All right? If they are happy, you are happy. But we are linked with love. So know the sketch, when you look at it again, you are those pillars, you are grounded by Jesus, the nails in the ground, in the soil. We are the earth, he's grounded in us. We have to stand upright when the winds blow. Because when people come and walk, if Estian... Or Andre is walking in the mall and somebody comes to talk to them about whatever about worldly stuff, you know, fleshly stuff, what must they still pick up? There's something holding inside of you and they don't can't see it, but they want it. And then you can say to them, but there's somebody there that can help you with that. Come through the gate and see what we have inside. You can also have it. Your life must reflect that. Not you. The body of Christ has got an identity problem at the moment. The body of Christ is more worried about itself, the little piece of you, than the, the one who's the head of the body. And we must get our focus right to our identity, who we are in Christ. It's about Him. And we must walk in Him, talk in Him, work at your workplace in Him. Not preach Him, be him. When things are rough at home, be him. When your colleagues at work are fighting all over the place with one another, be Jesus there, without preaching to them, living it, being that pillar standing, and their winds don't affect you. You don't start gossiping with them, complaining with them, being negative with them. You are the pillar standing, bringing God's righteousness in, because. Everything inside is about him, the furniture. So, next week we're going to go to the next room. And the next room. We're going to to talk about that. Um, But I want you to say, I know there was a couple of difficult things here. You were going to have to read it over and over again, but it's not stuff that's going to change your life. It's just beautiful to know. But there is a couple of things here that's very relevant for us and what we must stand, the overcomers, these pillars, we must stand. And that's got that linen. That protects everything inside. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe to our channel and make sure to click the bell notification button to get any notifications when we upload a new video. Stay blessed.